0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Elizabeth Kulas. This is 7am. The Parents Next program was meant to help disadvantaged parents get back into work. In practice, it's meant instability and stress for thousands, mostly single mothers, as they try to meet the program's many requirements. Clementine Ford on the women fighting back against Parents Next. So, Clementine, can you tell me the story of the person that we're going to call Florence?
1: Sure. I started writing this story, and one of the many women who got in touch with me was a woman named Florence.
0: Clementine Ford is a writer. She reported on the Parents' Next program for the Saturday paper.
1: Florence is the sole mother of two children under 10, and she also is a carer for her mother, who's 88 years old and a cancer survivor. She was originally on the parenting pension, But when she was told that she would be switched to this new program, she was forced to resign her job because she had no care for her children. So now she's in the position where she's not only struggling financially, she's, you know, living in poverty with three dependents, but also she's unable to work. And she's finding that even just the day-to-day dealings with providers and with the system is sucking a lot of time and energy and increasing her stress. So...
0: Florence is working. She's on a single parent payment. She gets a notification that she's going to be pushed onto this new government program. What is that program?
1: The program's called Parents Next and it was introduced by the LNP. It was uh, introduced by Kelly O'Dwyer's department.
0: Without Parents Next, I don't think I'd have as much confidence to even apply for the jobs, you feel like you've got that opportunity and you feel like you've got that boost.
1: Parents Next is working.
0: Parents Next just showed me what steps needed to be taken to get where I wanted to go.
1: It's described as a pre-employment program and the technical idea behind it is that parents who are receiving the parenting pension will be assisted by providers that are linked with Centrelink to engage in programs that will better enable them to enter the workforce. That's the technical idea behind it. Actually, in practice, time and their energy is being tied up in a lot of wasted resources and a lot of things that actually just aren't helping them at all. It requires parents who are on the program to prove their parenting to the system, so parents and it's mainly mothers, in order to draw their pension, which is now known as the Parents Next, they need to prove that they've taken their children to library hour or to swimming lessons. They need to prove that they've been engaged as active parents and that they've been seeking work. So they need to spend at least 10 hours a week either volunteering or seeking employment. And one of the obvious issues with that is that no one else has to prove their parenting.
0: Okay, so the idea is that this program is going to take parents who have small children and ready them for the world of work before their children go into the next phase of childhood, go to school. What is the history of this as a kind of a piece of policy? Were there trials? What is the history of it as a program?
1: The program was initially trialled in April 2016, and it was a 26-month-long trial, and it was initially rolled out in 10 Specific areas in Australia that were chosen for their low socioeconomic disadvantage, as so many trial welfare programs are. So after this 26-month trial was completed, it was rolled out nationally in July 2018. A lot of people who were informed that they were going to be shifted onto the program weren't even really aware of what the program was.
0: So let's turn now to the reality of the program, what Parents Next actually looked like when it was rolled out, because we've, we've heard kind of what it was intended to be. But the reality is it's quite different in the lives of people like Florence who are being forced to reckon with it. What happens in her experience with Parents Next? She gets onto the program and what is it that she goes through?
1: Florence's story is quite typical of many and certainly many women who contacted me. The red tape that she has to kind of grapple with on this program seems totally counterintuitive to what the program is insisting that parents do. So one of Florence's experiences is, is that sense of being watched over and having surveillance on you, you know, so it's not just about whether or not you're taking your child to swimming lessons or to library time. And, you know, I keep saying parent, but let's let's be real, the vast majority, over 95% of people on this program are single and sole mothers. The intense scrutiny of the number of hours that you're putting into seeking work, the kind of work that you're seeking, whether or not you're turning up to your appointments with your providers. There are situations where women have been left waiting on the phone with Centrelink for hours at a time, you know, where over the course of a whole week, the time that they have spent just trying to speak to someone at Centrelink so they can discuss their case actually rivals that of the time that they're meant to be spent looking for work or volunteering. So this absolute waste of people's time whilst forcing them to feel insecure and paranoid about how closely they're being monitored, about whether or not they're fulfilling the requirements of the program, when they're trying everything they can to do that, but coming up against constant brick walls.
0: So Florence is reckoning with this huge demand on her time, both to account for her time and then also to report it. What happens next for her?
1: Florence is a single mother, but she's actually been working for the last seven years. It was only in the last period of six months that she was actually drawing the parenting pension. And now she's forced to jump through all of these hoops in order to draw that pension. And they're hoops that really assumes that she has no idea what she's doing. Her experience of the program was that her very first appointment her nine-year-old had whooping cough and she was unable to reschedule the appointment because of that and needed to turn up with a sick child. They insisted that she couldn't postpone despite the fact that her child was sick so she needed to turn up with her sick child. Her second appointment then followed in January. She was given some incorrect information by two of the workers at Centrelink that day She was told that she wouldn't be able to be given any assistance with TAFE fees to study for a diploma. She found out that that was incorrect. At her third appointment, which was in February, so now appointments are monthly, that was at the point where she was told that her 88-year-old mother would be able to take care of her kids if she wanted to work, and she said that this was an impossibility. Probably the most challenging thing that happened to Florence when she was forced onto the Parents' Next program was that MyGov reporting conditions changed. The new rules mean if you don't meet your requirements, you could get demerits and you may lose some or all of your payment. If you don't meet your requirements and get five demerits in six months, you will move to financial penalties. The MyGov site is confusing at the best of times. It's especially confusing if they don't inform you that the way that you need to report your work activity or your parenting activity has suddenly changed. So this is what happened to Florence. Her parenting payments were cut off for one month, which is extraordinarily oppressive. She wanted to do the right thing. She tried to contact Centrelink. Welcome to the Department of Human Services customer compliance line. So she has three phone calls before she actually manages to speak to someone physical at Centrelink who then tells her that, She needs to come into the office in order to have the payment reinstated, which she does, and she sits there and waits for two hours. So at this stage, she spent 10 hours just trying to sort out a problem with Centrelink. And this is the same 10 hours that is required of Parents on Parents Next to, say, volunteer or seek work. And she's done that just trying to contact someone at Centrelink. This is one of the major problems with Parents Next as well, is that it was designed, trialled, and then rolled out with basically no consultation with the people for whom the program was going to be targeting.
0: I have my plan. I don't need government telling me a plan based on what they think I should be doing. It's really frustrating because now my stresses, on top of already being a parent, are that I have to make sure that I'm completing this plan or I can
1: not feed my kids. Recovery from trauma, for a single parent family, is actually the only full-time occupation that most single mums can handle. Once the program is rolled out nationally, and its lack of suitability for the people required to be on the program is made immediately clear. This is when the resistance begins and this is when the organization starts amongst the people who've been forced onto the programme. And I don't know that the government really expected it.
0: We'll be right back. Florence and many other people are put on to Parents Next often against their will. Their lived experience of the program is completely different to the version that's been formulated by government. What is that resistance to that program that springs up right away? What does it look like?
1: Probably the most visible and proactive member of the resistance movement against parents next is a soul mother named Ella Buckland. The best thing is I've managed to empower all these other women who are going into their appointments and going, no, here's the section in the guidelines I printed it out. You have to do this. She began a change.org petition which uh, demands that the government makes Parents' Next voluntary rather than compulsory. And she's also been running a Facebook page that daily collates the stories of women and their children who have been forced onto this program. Funnily enough, she actually, as someone who's been forced onto the program because of her circumstances, she actually does have a comprehensive work history and employment background. She is a former staffer for the Greens. She's a political organiser and campaigner. And she's very well placed to be able to run a campaign against a program like this. At the time that I wrote my story, Ella's petition on change.org had attracted over 40,000 signatures. That number has almost certainly gone up by now. And it's important to remember as well that it's not only people who've been targeted by Parents Next who would have signed that petition.
0: Right, so it's not just parents themselves who are having issues with the structure of Parents Next, surely?
1: Yes. During the course of writing this story, I was approached by someone who actually works for Centrelink, who expressed to me their severe doubt about the efficacy of the program. The employee who contacted me was working in one of the teams in Centrelink that was responsible for calling parents and telling them that they'd been moved onto the program and for quote-unquote testing their eligibility. But what this person has said is that the Department of Human Services describes the program as very different to how it actually is and gives false information or misleading information to parents who are forced onto the program, withholds certain information about what they're able to use the program for. The person who contacted me personally believes that the department's being very deceptive to parents, which I thought was interesting language to use. One of the interesting things that this person told me as well was they see there as being an indiscriminate hierarchy about who is forced onto the program. But one of the groups of people who seems to be automatically moved onto the program are Indigenous parents. So the assumption as well that Indigenous parents couldn't possibly have A, a work history or B, uh, transferable skills or C, an ability to be able to re-enter the workforce without the meddling kind of influence of a system that's always been set out against them. One of the things that's important to mention is that it's the increase in fear that a lot of them are living with, the increase in anxiety and fear and the very real threat that their ability to financially provide for their children is going to be taken away from them and they may end up homeless. So
0: there's acknowledgement from the people within it and some people outside the system or implementing the system that it's not working. What has government done so far to reassess this program and its suitability?
1: There was a Senate inquiry that was co-sponsored by Labor and the Greens, and that was approved in December 2018. Senator Seward. I table this
0: petition calling for Parent Next to be made voluntary, and it's signed by 39,305 people.
1: Thank you, Senator. And the findings of that report were handed down in March. The Senate Community Affairs References Committee ultimately recommended the Parents Next program not continue in, in its current form. Now, the Coalition didn't commit to the findings of that report and, unfortunately, it appears that they will continue with the program as they originally designed it and will not consult with the people who have been forced onto that program.
0: And what about Florence? Where is she now?
1: For the time being, Florence's situation has not changed. She's still on Parents Next. She's still being forced to adhere to the requirements of the program. And she is one of many thousands and thousands of Australian women around the country right now who has an uncertain financial future looming over them.
0: Clementine Ford, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. We'll be right back. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Memento. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com.